Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Boy, do I want to see you be brave. This is the perfect time for you to dial in to Him for Her Radio. My name is Sugbury, and this show is all about women's hot topics. Him for Her, H-I-M, number for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. This is sponsored and put on by Him for Her Ministries. Would you check it out online? Go to himforherministries.org. See all of the initiatives that are happening. Radio is just one of them. Other areas are bringing the gospel to the darkest corners of the world. Would you just please check it out? See what God is doing. Pray with us. Join us. Partner with us. Whatever you do. I just pray it's what God has prompted to call you to do. Um, So thank you so much for joining us. We have got such an exciting show today. I can't wait to get into it. John, are you with me back there? I am with you, Sugar. I'm looking forward to today's show. Oh, it's going to be hot. (laughs) It's going to be a hot topic. So today's hot topic is prayer, inviting Jesus into our mess. You know, a lot of times people hear the word prayer and they get turned off. So don't touch the dial. Don't stop exercising. Don't stop doing your laundry or listening. Don't shut off the podcast. Don't ignore the radio. Because what's going to happen today is you all got a mess. I know I got a mess. John, do you have a mess? I got multiple messes. You know, many people have messes. (laughs) And so this is a place where we're all just going to let it all hang out. We're going to let our words fall out, just like Sarah Borelli says. And we're going to talk about the power of prayer in inviting Jesus into our mess. We have got two awesome guests with us today, Mary Bertelson and Nona Hovey. Thank you, ladies, for coming here today. So glad to be here, Shug. Thanks. Thanks, Shug. We can't wait to explore Jesus with you. Oh, I love that. I love it. So just hang on, ladies. You got to understand who we brought into the studio with us today. I'm going to go in alphabetical order. I'm going to first go with Mary Bertelson. Um, I just wanted to share that both of these fabulous women serve on my Him For Her mentoring team that we have established under Him For Her Ministries. Check it out online. Um, And Mary has participated in prayer ministries, not only with her church, but with individuals for over 20 years. She has worked with a variety of ministries, including one of my favorite here in the Twin Cities, which is called Prayer Ventures. Look it up, Prayer Ventures. They would love your support as well. Um, She's been on a prayer ministry altar team at her church, as well as she's a facilitator and a prayer team member for healing, forgiveness, reconciliation, retreats in Africa. Hello to Africa. I love you guys. And also in the United States. She has a passion for seeing God heal and restore marriages. This is so romantic. Her and her husband, Todd, do pre-marriage classes um, to help people as they facilitate that. I I tell you, we had a pre-marriage class. I would have loved to have had you guys, although we've been married for, you know, I I don't even know. We've been together more than 45 years. How long have you and Todd been together? We've been married for 40. We dated for five. Oh, hello, Todd. By the way, it's me, Shug, in case you didn't know. (laughs) And uh, you've also got two kids, two grown children, and three grandkids. I love that. And you two are high school sweethearts, just like my husband Blair and I are. 
My other guest is Nona Hovey. Nona, I love you. I'm so thankful that you're with us. And you also have facilitated Inner Here Prayer Sessions. I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat that. Inner Healing Prayer Sessions for the past 15 years. Um, You are currently at Christian Counseling Centers through Prayer Ventures. Again, a great organization. You are not only a fabulous woman, you're a licensed minister. Not only that, you are part of the Billy Graham Rapid Response. You are a chaplain there. And this is something I want you all to know is that she has got a beautiful voice. Um, She is a creator and pianist of Be Still Music, Meditations by Nona. And I have put that on, you guys. It is so soothing and so relaxing. 85,000 CDs she has donated across the country. Um, Her occupation is that she is on staff with Grace Church here in Minnesota. Welcome, Nona, and welcome, Mary. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Thanks for having us, Shug. We are excited to be here. Are you ladies ready? We are. Okay, I'm going to get real. This is the kind of show where you tell it like it is. This is a, a place that we can let our voice be heard. You guys have heard me say that before. Um, We're going to talk about the messy lives and the impact of inviting Jesus into it. And so with that, I'm just going to shoot it out to you, Nona, if I could. You mentioned to me um, one time when we were in prison uh, working together, you had, uh, no, hang on, let me just say, Nona has not been incarcerated, (laughs) but she came in with me to volunteer inside a prison. And you've mentioned to me that prayer is inviting Jesus into our mess. Would you share with me a little bit about your story and how you got to this place where you invited Jesus into the mess of your life? Well, thank you for asking me that, Suge. I'll tell you, if you would have asked me before I was 40 about my childhood, I would have said, it, it's perfect, like absolutely perfect. And I, I truly believed it. But there were a lot of signs that maybe things weren't quite as perfect. I would say starting in my teen years, it got messy. I uh, was making decisions. I, I, I look back, I tell my girls now that are they're 21 and 22. Girls, thank heavens you don't behave like your mother did when she was a teen. And and then even once I became a Christian in my early 20s, I, I was still look, behaving, doing things, I really destructive things, things that could really ruin your life, ruin your reputation, choices that I... I ladies, do you ever look at your life and go, what, this can't even be me, but... But it was sort of sin, confess, repeat, sin, confess, repeat. And um, so I I didn't make sense to me, my behavior. But then in my uh, early 40s, I I really started, my life got really, really messy. I I started having symptoms that that were very confusing, like uh, I would be uh, sleeping at night and hear my husband walk up the stairs and go into panic attacks. Hmm. And I uh, started to see glimpses of memories return. And so I, I like went into Christian counseling and she Shug, suggested that I go into my what was my first inner healing prayer session. So let me ask you a question on that. You said you, you'd have a little panic attack when your husband, you could hear him walking closer to you. Now, I know you're not abused. I just want to clarify Absolutely. That. He's the most gentle, kind man you'd ever want to meet. What did you mean by that? Well, it, it was sort of a trigger. Uh, the, the sound of someone walking up steps would be a, a trigger to me. And so I, I went into these prayer sessions. My counselor said, let's let's uh, add add some healing prayer to your Christian counseling, which is uh, proved to be the the wisest advice. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the reality of my past started to become more fully revealed. And my it was like pieces of 
of puzzles of my life that were missing got put into place, and I uh, I started the uh, journey of God meeting me in the midst of my childhood mess that had transferred into my adult mess and bringing me incredible inner transformation over the next three years. Wow. So as a believer, you were already a believer in Christ at this time. I was. Correct? And and so some of your past experiences were starting to haunt your future is the way I'm understanding that's this. Exactly, that's exactly it. You know, ladies in prison and those of you that are out of prison or those of you that feel like you're in a prison, I know that this relates to all of us. Just that mess. We can relate to that. What happened next, Nona? Well, it was very interesting in, in my very first prayer session, I... I was beginning to have a, a fuller understanding of some things that had a, occurred to me uh, in my past, and I was asking the why question, why, why, and, and God doesn't always answer the why question, but for me, he he very kindly, I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was a very clear sense of his words in my mind, and he addressed what I would soon discover was a pretty messed up childhood, that he said, I allowed this so that my glory might be revealed. Hmm. Now, now that was wild to me first. Then I allowed this so that my purposes for your life might be fulfilled. You might set the prisoners free, and you cannot do it, but I can, and I wish to use you for this. And it was... I don't think I even knew what all the implications were about that, but I I knew he was with me. I knew he had a plan for my life. I knew I had hope. I knew my life was starting to make sense, and it took a three-year journey, Shug, to really walk through that whole part of my life. How long ago was this? That was about 20 years ago now. And then look, now you're serving in prison, not even knowing at that time that that might, he was freeing you from prison. Bingo. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. We wow. all have our own prisons, Joe. Yeah, we do. We do. Thank you, Nona, for sharing that. Just thank you so much. Mary, I'd like to just hear a little bit about your story and how you got into the spot where you invited Jesus into your mess. <clears throat> well, I too was a big mess. No, um, I was... Um, feeling so like I was an unlovable human being. But nobody would have ever known that. I was a really good little actress. I always had a smile on my face, but inside I was crying on the inside, but smiling on the outside. I was a really good little secret keeper. But I really felt like I was truly an unlovable human being, that no one would ever really love me. You know, in my own family, I was one of five mm. that was born in seven and a half years to an overwhelmed mom. Wow. I mean, really, I, I, once you become a mother, you have a lot of grace for what that looks like. But, but I was a bedwetter and we had just angry people that lived around us. We were really poor. And so I realized I had a lot of shame and I just felt, you know, that I was kind of a feisty little girl and I would trigger my mom and her and I fought all the time. And we were lived in a little crowded house and it was just not, so happy. So I I was kind of an unhappy little girl that felt like there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And that used to be the theme of my life. I felt unlovable, but nobody would have ever guessed that that was happening. So I've realized we all have a story. And that was my story. But then when it got to be when I was married, and I was in my 20s, and 
everything started coming to the surface. You can't keep that beach ball down of Mm -hmm. those broken places. And I was raised in the church, but I didn't know Jesus to be this amazing Jesus that you can invite into our mess. And he wants to come. He's just like waiting for you to ask. So when I realized what a mess I was and I started hearing other people's testimonies and I'd be like, Jesus, if you can do that for them, will you do that for me? Mm -hmm. And he was like, come to me. And I would read the story in John 4 about the woman at the well. And I felt like her, like I didn't really trust people. I didn't let people in. And I realized I had built up a lot of walls. But when I invited Jesus in, he he started coming in like a flood. Oh, that's a beautiful story. And I, you know, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, you guys look it up. It's an awesome story. Um, If you're just tuning in, this is Sugbury Women's Hot Topics. I'm just so glad you guys are with us. We are talking about messes. Do you guys have messes out there? I know we all got a mess. And him for her ministries is our goal is to bring the gospel to the darkest messes of the world. And if you want to be part of this, if you want to just join us, please go online to him, H-I-M, number four, her, ministries.org. Check out all the initiatives we got going on. We've got radio. We've got speaking engagements at women's events. We have prison ministry. We've got prison mentoring and housing is our newest initiative, helping women as they leave those dark places of their life to get a fresh start and a safe place to land. Um, and today we are talking about prayer, inviting Jesus into our lives. We're with Mary Bertelson and Nona Hovey. And I just want to continue where we left off. Mary was telling us a little bit about her life, her mess, how she felt unloved. You know, she had a, a, an early childhood experience of negativity, and then she just felt like she wasn't loved. And Jesus found her right where she was at. So let me ask you this question, Mary, and then I'm going to boi- bounce it back off of Nona. Where have you experienced Jesus's greatest healing in your own life? Well, when I brought Jesus, he showed me a, a picture because I was just feeling pretty broken. And I, he showed me a picture that I was like a radio with broken antennas, that I had um, distorted images not only of who he was, but of who I was. And when I saw the picture in my mind of that radio with, with twisted broken antennas, I was like, oh, dear would you help me? And I was like, I really meant it. I was like, Jesus, would you come and heal that, that girl? When you were a little girl, you said you went to church, but you know, you didn't really have a relationship. Was this maybe the turning point where you started a relationship with Christ when you reached out? Well, when I was a little girl, I really did believe he was there. But I, when I would hear the scripture for God so loved the whole world, I would think, oh, that's true. I know he does, but I didn't think he could love me because mm. I felt broken and unlovable. So it's like I would always discount everything that was the truth I heard, but I'd think, well, that's for everybody else but me. Mm-hmm. And so where did you experience the greatest healing? Well, when I brought Jesus my mess, I said, Jesus, would you heal me? And he said, I've been trying. Mm. Say that again. <laughs> well, when I said, Jesus, would you heal me? He said, I have been trying. Mm. And I realized that I had even pushed him away, every kindness away, everything because of all the little walls of self-protection that we all put around our hearts, that I had done that really big. And I had even pushed the truth of him away. Wow. That is so impactful. Nona, did you experience anything like that where you felt that he was trying to reach to you, but you were pushing him away? You know, I I don't know that I, I, I experienced it quite that way, but what I experienced that is similar is that Jesus helped me when I could not help myself, I wanted to 
change, but I couldn't pull it off. And I didn't know how to encounter Jesus in a way that would invite him to help pull it off. Because I knew scripture would say, Jesus does it, not you. But I didn't know how how that even looked to become my reality. So uh, I, I, I think one of the most poignant times that Jesus helped me was when it came time to forgive. Because, and ladies, if if you're hanging on to forgiveness, watch out because it is it's a joy killer, and it was killing me. I had learned to forgive others, and I w- and Jesus showed me how freeing that was. But the one who'd hurt me the most, watch out for that, ladies. They they're the ones. I'm like I can't even. I don't even want to forgive that person. <laughs> there there's no way. I couldn't even will myself to will it. And that was when Jesus came through for me in a powerful way. And I said, "Listen up, God. I'm gonna have it out with you because." You say you're here and you're going to help me, and I, I, I can't forgive this person. They're, they had all these reasons. And so he invited me to have it out with him, to lay it on the table and hit him with every single reason why I couldn't forgive. So one by one, out came the reasons, and he would resolve it. Next reason, he would resolve it. Next reason, I threw things at him. Ladies, it was not sweet. I wasn't, dear God. I pray. No, I was after him because I needed him. I needed him to really address it. And finally, the last thing, he had resolved everything but one last thing. And I said, listen, I don't want to forgive this person, the one who'd harmed me the most. I want to ruin him. And I want to ruin his reputation because people think he's nice. And he's, I know the truth. And then I, I was still. And Jesus Again, I didn't hear anything audible, but I sensed him say, you know, Nona, I let you keep your reputation when you didn't deserve it. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you had done that for me. I I knew he had it. It melted my heart. I can still feel it even now. When you let him speak to you, when you lay it on the table and let him address. And so finally, then came the next words, would you be willing, Nona? to do the same for this person who hurt you. And I was like, you know, yes, absolutely, I, I will. And it was one of the most freeing days of my life when I let go of this hatred and revenge mm. for the person who'd harmed me. And you did it through intimate moment with Jesus. I, I didn't sweeten it up, ladies. It was It was a mess, and I couldn't pull it off, and I was mad. But he wasn't afraid of that. Mm. He met me in it so kindly. And uh, I do want to say that every circumstance is unique. What he might speak into your circumstance might be different than mine. Mm -hmm. There are times when people need to be brought out in the open and and things addressed and things known. But in my instance, it, it was the right answer mm-hmm. for for me to just let it go. Well, and Jesus, you know, I, I, you've said this in the past, Nona, where you've said, you know, what what you do when you, in, you do prayer with God is that you are inviting the mess to come out from under the hidden table and laid on top of it. We're going to talk about that in the future in just a little bit. But I love that. And it does resonate with me. And that's exactly what you did. You know, you came, you were honest with God you know, it wasn't that, you know, cotton candy prayer. It was honest. It was real. And, you know, even in the the Old Testament, King David, all through the book of Psalm, 
uh, just talks about, you know, in just a reality kind of way, you know, I'm scared, God, or help me, God, or this, or why are you doing this? You know, he was just like super honest in all of the verses that you read. And I loved the honesty. Ladies, if you can have a relationship with anybody, you got to get honest. We got to get real. We got to tell it like it is. Amen. Amen. Mary, um, could you share with us what happened after you did this prayer with God? Where is he taking you from this point now? Oh, my goodness. He's done a, had to do a lot of healing in my life. Over, and it didn't just happen like a magic wand that all is fine now. Everything's better. But mm-hmm. um, it, you just talked about that. So it, it's like when I was honest. I had, it's, it, it says in the Bible, acknowledge your sin before me, acknowledge it. I had to be, he already knows it. So I had to acknowledge it and bring it up to the surface. It's like, bring it up and out onto Jesus. So I had to acknowledge is like, I was an angry girl mm-hmm. um, from all the my needs that didn't get mad. And I was, that was authentic. And when I started to get really honest before him and realizing he still loved me and he was wanting to heal me and that he would bring things up to my mind. And he kept saying not to harm you, but to heal you. And it changes the whole thing, right? I didn't Mm -hmm. feel convicted. I knew that he wanted me to be honest with him so that he could be honest with me and that we could have true healing. It was profound because sometimes he gives God, he gives people pictures. Sometimes he'll speak to you when you're reading the Bible. And sometimes I would identify like with a woman at the well, I would identify so much with her. And he would just speak volumes of new things each time I read it, Mm -hmm. that that he wanted to do that for me. Where's those verses again for our listeners? If you go to John 4 through 25, you'll read the story about the woman at the well. I think we can all identify with her. She felt like an outcast and that was so me. Um, So when you though, when you actually know that he already knows every second of every moment of your entire life, he already knows it. You just, it's like he's waiting for you to acknowledge it so that you can bring it to him because he's waiting to heal you, but he waits for you to invite him. I love that. You know, the woman at the well was the very first evangelist in the book of John. I, you know, of course I noticed that, you know, and, and, she went and she told everybody, you know, look who I found. You know, I found the Messiah. So it's super cool to hear that story. God uses us right where we are. He meets us right where we are. Ladies, there's so much to talk about. Our time is almost up. This just bums me out. Would you guys come back and do a part two? We would love it. I really want to. Nona, you didn't answer. I would love to, Shug. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We have a passion for watching women get set free, setting the prisoners free, Shug. That's Amen. it. And it's not people in prison, ladies, necessarily. We are we can all be in our own prison. Um, now, are there any organizations or books that you guys want to recommend briefly to our listeners that might help them along the way? Well, one of the things that I think women struggle with is we have lies that we believe in our head, mm-hmm. the lies from the enemy. And, and I think Battlefield of the Mind from Joyce Myers is a good one for people that wrestle with all those inner lies in their head. Yeah, I like that. I have a couple of websites. I love Ransomed Heart Ministries by John Eldridge. I think he has incredible information on his website, ransomedheart.com. Also, Dr. Ed Smith, transformingprayer.org. Those are two of my favorites. Wonderful. And, you know, if we're going to do this part two, can we talk a little bit on that show about the power of prayer through your mess? And I loved one time knowing that you told me we get stuck. Where are you stuck? It's not that, hey, I don't need any prayer. Everything is fixed. You know, the question is going to be, where am I stuck? Um, And so if you guys are willing, let's do that at part two. Ladies, in the meantime, I want you to be thinking before um, we are able to do this show where are you stuck in life and how do you need to invite Jesus into that situation? 
Um, and I can't thank you enough, Mary Bertelson, Nona Javi, for coming on, for sharing your experience about just, you know, we barely tapped into your personal lives of prayer. Um, and, but I really want to get into the next show about how you can give them basic tools how you can give them things to hang on to, what women can do when they find themselves stuck. Um, and, and that gives you guys a little bit of time to think about it as well before our next show. Um, thank you very much, Nona Hovey, and thank you, Mary Bertelson, for coming on. John in the back, thank you so much for everything that you do. You're welcome, Shug. And ladies, if you're listening and you have not said yes to Jesus Christ, is today the day you know, my heart is, is that God brought you to a moment such as this, that this is a God appointment. And all it takes is for you to open up your heart and say, yes, Jesus, I want you in my life. Forgive me for my sins. I invite you from this day forward. Ladies, I love you. This is Sugbury over and out until next time.